Yes, here we are. The Domestiques are back on deck for another episode in the new series for 2023. This is episode three. And uh, straight off the top, a big thank you to Black Sheep Cycling Apparel and, of course, our brand new sponsor, our valued sponsor, Honan Insurance Group, insurance brokers to the stars. Well, thanks for joining us yet again. We're at the Tour Down Under, the first race of the World Tour. And today we will focus on the women's race which came to a conclusion after three solid days of competition. I'm Mike Tomolaris, and as always, I'm joined by my fellow domestiques, Matilda Reynolds and Lee Hollywood-Turner. Hey, guys, all I can say is, wow, what a race, what a final stage, what a conclusion, what a great tour down under for the women. I'm sure you agree, Tills. Yeah, absolutely. I think the... um the best way to see that is that there were um, the Orca jersey, which is the orange jersey, which is the GC leaders jersey, was worn by a different rider um, for each uh, of the stages. So I think that's a, a great credit to the race directors uh, and, and certainly Ed, Annette Edmondson and Carly Taylor, who were helping create the courses and Stu O'Grady. I think they did a fantastic job to have a different winner every day. Um, and yeah, as you said, a perfect crescendo in Grace Brown not only winning stage three, but sneaking away with the GC. Well, let's just uh, wrap up uh, the GC. Grace Brown on this final stage collected stage honours and with it completed an overall victory. Amanda Spratt started the day 20 seconds in arrears, but settled for second place. Georgia Williams completed an impressive podium, securing third place. But Hollywood, it all happened on Corkscrew Road, and I guess we expected that before today's stage. Yes, we did. And I was uh, just come back from the village where I uh, interviewed uh, for KDEX yesterday's stage winner. So, uh, and I, I asked her how she felt about how today went. And look, she gave it her all up the corkscrew. She really did. She just, she just couldn't hang on. Um, so, look, she gave it her all. She was happy she won yesterday's stage. She gave it her all. The team gave it her all, but it just wasn't her day today. Tills, let's just unpack this final stage. You said yesterday. Um, that Amanda Spratt had the experience, the legs, and uh, you thought that she was going to do it. But I got a message from you during the course of the day, and you changed your mind, and for good reason too. Oh, well, I knew Amanda Spratt would still – I thought she would certainly be the first over the quam uh, on the corkscrew. I went out and actually uh, checked the course, rode the corkscrew, and was very glad not to be doing it actually uh, at the pace that they were doing it today. But, um, yeah, it's 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 – but it's very different when you're in a race. Um, and I think it's still split. I was concerned that it could come back to that bunch. Um, but I just think Grace Brown had a fantastic race. You know, I think um, I, I thought that someone would go over. I was um, thinking it could be Alex that could get over. But I saw her on the corkscrew. As you said, Hollywood, she did it all. She was absolutely empty. Um, but it was a really, really long drag to the finish. Um, and that really suits Grace Brown. You know, she was second at the world championships in the individual time trial, just behind um, uh, Ellen Van Dyke, the best in the world. So she really has that TT strength prowess. There was a lot of wind around as well. Wasn't as hot uh, as they were predicting, but there was a huge amount of wind and that really played into um, 
Grace's strengths. Uh, and I think, you know, she had a huge disappointment when she lost the women's tour uh, uh, GC last year by a second to Elisa Longo Borghini. And she just wasn't going to play that risk again this uh, for this series. You saw her sprinting for every preem she could get, for every second she could get. Uh, in the end, she didn't need it, all of them, but she um, certainly made sure that uh, she could shut the door on, on Spratty over the line there. Oh, honestly, can I just say, what a bloody great race. Like Matilda said, someone different wearing the jersey every day. It was exciting. Like, it really was a really good race. The only disappointing thing is you just wish there was more stages. You really do wish there was a couple more stages. It's like we've had the entree. We just we deserve a couple more stages, in my opinion, anyway. Well, I think you're right. What's the talk on that, Tills? Uh, do you think uh, the organisers will extend, expand the race in years to come? I'm not sure. I, I know I haven't heard anything like that, but I think they'll take away enormous lessons and learnings. But I think because this was a um, their first World Tour event uh, at this level, um, I'm sure there may be some changes. I certainly think we're ready to get rid of the crits. Um, you know, it's a procession. It's a waste of time. Uh, no, you know, we really didn't get much out of it. The riders didn't get much out of it. Um, there was no coverage, as we have already said. So I'd love to see that. Um, you know, that could cre- be another sprint sort of stage or a ruler stage that we saw yesterday. Uh, and I think that would really um, add to the event. I'll play the devil's advocate, if I may. Uh, the, the, the crits are really there, not necessarily for a television audience. And we've come to learn that this year. I guess it's more for the people that are on location. Would you, would you agree with that? It's an exhibition. It's absolutely, and that's fine, but it's not needed. You know, they've come all this way, like, let's make, let's, it's, it's, you know, bang for buck. Um, let's give them four stages, and the people want that, and the people around the country, and I think it's feasible. Everyone's here, um, and so I think they could do something really exciting with it. Um, but, yeah, I would love to see the crit turn into a feasible stage that actually adds to the event. Could, you could even make it a prologue, like do a prologue around town, something like that. You could, if you uh, wanted to, you get all the crowd there cheering. It would be um, better than the crit. It would actually mean something and just have a prologue through the streets of Adelaide, like a little, you know, 5K thing that runs up and down. Um, uh, why not do that? Well, I think we're talking right now as the men's prologue's going on, but I would love to see Hollywood, if we did a prologue, that that happened in the morning and then that afternoon we did a stage. So let's double up the day. You know, it's only four or five Ks, though, those prologues. So if they were to go down that route, I would certainly want another stage during that day, which is a lot, a lot of um, races do that. Um, and, and the girls would be, the women would be totally capable of, of doing that through the day. But I guess logistically, though, like you could do the prologue on the Saturday night like it's done, but then that that would could either the women's stage, how, how would you do it? Or do you give, like, because you know how the women's finish and the men's start, how could you do the prologue on the same night and they both do it, but then, you know what I mean, logistically? Yeah. is that? I would love to see a road race probably just because, um, Mm. yeah, I just think there's a lot more to it and there's a huge setup whether they did, you know, whether I wouldn't particularly want it to see finished with the prologue. Yeah, no, no, no. No, no, no. Yeah, I think as I saw it, like, you know, this race has been in hiatus for three years um, or or over two Two, years. So I think they'll take a lot of learnings from it and I'm excited to see what they come back with. And the corkscrew was... I wasn't sure it was going to be as decisive as it was, but the way they raced it, the way that Trek, Segafredo and FDJ 
drilled it into the bottom corner. Um, the attacks that they did at the bottom to set Spratty up was just unrelenting for riders behind. And it only took one or two riders to drop the wheel and, um, you know, and, and, and those gaps formed. And so, yeah, I think it was um, a really good stage. And uh, I didn't think it was going to bring the gaps that it did, but it absolutely, um, you know, sort of, as you said, the uh, girls from the women. But you know what? I, I think they could work out the logistics of doing doing with the prologue or the road race on the, on the um, Saturday night. Look, um, they put a man on the moon in 1969. I'm sure they can work it out in 2023. So I'm sure it can be worked out. Well, let's just unpack uh, what Grace uh, Brown's result really means. It's, uh, mm. it's, uh, she's become the first women's world tour winner at the Santos Tour Down Under. Uh, that's pretty significant, Tills. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think just, uh, you know, Grace was the best rider at the Australian Nationals, um, but she didn't have any teammates. And so I think uh, for it, I'm sure she would still potentially rather take the Australian champion, but for her to back up, turn up to Tour Down Under, um, she was second at the Nationals uh, the week prior and she's I think she's been on the podium three or four times now at the Nationals and just can't crack that nut just because it's, um, it is quite difficult without teammates and team tactics at our Australian National Championships. So to see her really utilise her team in this race, you know, her team really kept her in the fight yesterday on stage two. Without them, I think she would have been too far behind. And so I think it's just fantastic to see an Aussie and to see the amount of Aussies and Kiwis in that top 10. Eight. Um, top eight. No, yeah, no, no. In the top 10, top GC, seven. there was eight. Eight of them were Aussies yeah, yeah. or Kiwis, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, um, yeah, was, and, and obviously it's summer. A lot of them are firing. Uh, it's very early season. We take all that, but we certainly doesn't take away from Grace. And I think she's going to, it's going to lead her into a fantastic classic season that'll be coming up um, from February onwards. Mm-hmm. Chills, what happens now for the women? Uh, there's a big break, isn't there, between uh, the Tour Down Under here in Australia and uh, the next of oh, the Cadell's race, of course. But after the Australian domestic season, uh, is there a big break? Uh, no, they go to the UAE Tour um, just after Cadell's and then they're, they're into their classic season. So a lot of them utilise because the UAE is somewhat on its way to, to Europe. Um, it, it can, you know, they can break the trip off and go there. But, yeah, now the the, the teams, um, a lot of them are staying here in Adelaide. Um, majority of them are. There might be a few that go to Torquay in Geelong. But next weekend is the Cadell Evans Great Ocean Road Race. Again, that's been um, in hiatus for a few years. And that is also a um, world tour event, uh, one-day classic. And so it'll be raced very, very differently from um, the tour. All right, well, um, let's just talk about the coverage today. And I really didn't want to go down this path. And I guess this is the... Uh-oh, the, rant, off seg- the rant's coming. The, the rant's coming. Me off <laughs> segment. It is coming. And uh, for good reason. Look, I'm a TV kind of guy and I'm a very passive sort of fellow. I don't like to get into arguments, Hollywood, as you well know. Um, and as I say, I didn't really want to go down this path. But the producers and directors putting the TV coverage together, I don't think have learned from the mistakes of the past. Uh, It really is a rookie error to place a commercial block in the coverage with seven kilometres to go. And they did it again for the final stage of the women's race at a most critical part of the race. Now, either the directors, producers, they haven't been instructed by a higher authority 
or they have been instructed by a higher authority, I should say, to take the commercial break at that critical time in the race, or dare I say it, they don't have a clue. Now, I know for a fact it would never happen at SBS's coverage of its big cycling events. And all I can say is Channel 7, get it right. You've covered world cycling events in the past. You're an Olympic broadcaster. You should know better. It wouldn't happen in your cricket coverage and the BBL. It wouldn't happen in your AFL coverage. So why does it happen in your coverage of the Tour Down Under, the women's Tour Down Under? Now, I'm curious to see if it's going to happen when the men go around uh, later this week. What what do you guys think? I'm I'm sure the same thing will happen, but it's uh, you can probably cross Channel Seven off the list of potential job landing spots for yourself after that. But that's okay. <laughs> well, but I, I agree con- with you, mate. I do have a contract with the I do have a contract with the rival uh, network, so it doesn't bother me, Hollywood. <laughs> no, I know, but mate, honestly, I don't think they care at all. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense, and it's all about getting those ads in. And it'll have to be a certain time before it finishes, and it just lands at that seven k mark. And they just honestly, Mike. They don't give us stuff. Mm. Um, I was actually on the ground for the corkscrew um, today, so I was very glad to miss the coverage and actually see it in real life. So, um, yeah, it was just fantastic. There was there was great crowds there, um, a fantastic also climb. It was just, you know, it was sort of 7K out of the city, so it was perfect access for everyone to get up there and see the climb. And everyone was so excited for Spratty, but then we also had an Australian tracing an Australian, so... Yeah, there was, um, it was a fantastic vibe. There was a, uh, a Dutch corner. It wasn't as big as the Tour de France one, but it was just fantastic um, having that vibe there and, and, and a lot of riders. And, um, yeah, it's just, again, just such a well-run event and to see the riders up close uh, on their final stage and the hurt that they were going through. Um, yeah, it was just a fantastic finish. And just a shout-out to, you know, I think um, one that's, you know, again, Georgia Williams. She was my rider of the day yesterday. Um, and she got up for third in GC overall. And, you know, Georgia was really, I don't, I'm not going to say hampered in at bike exchange, but she was very much forever a domestique, a super domestique at that team. And so for her to um, step out of bike exchange, take the leap and join EF to, um, education first, uh, you know, to see her come third uh, overall in a very hilly, you know, very tough uh, tour is just fantastic testament and I'm excited to see what she does um, for the rest of the season. And along with that, Ruby Rose McGannon, she was fourth overall. And Danny L. D. Francesco, who was just come out of the NRS, she won the NRS and she was um, fourth again today. Just shows the level of the NRS is actually pretty high. Um, you know, she, she won that um, series this year locally and so she's with a new team, Zaf, and I think First impressions are really important, and I know that this will take a lot of pressure off her as well. So, one, I feel very bad for her, but I'm not sure if you saw Ruby Rose McGannon's um, interview today, but she was very much not wanting to smile. Because she chipped a tooth. She's lost a tooth. How? I wanted to ask you if you knew that. Yeah, no, she crashed. Well, she had a major crash last year, and so she actually has a fake tooth. Um and she had a horrific crash last year that she recovered from and, and, and you know, obviously has bounced back and doing incredible. But she actually came down yesterday, uh, which I didn't see on the coverage and uh, has lost that front tooth. So to see her up there and having to be interviewed, she just did a fantastic job and she's wiser beyond her years. She always speaks so well. And yeah, so she's I good. Think she's, I know it would have been um, difficult for Jake 
uh, Jaco Alula to lose that GC, but they all went in, and um, I think they still did a great job. Was there Extra many? Uh, yeah. Sorry, Mike. I was, I, just I was just going to ask uh, the the vibe on the hill on the corkscrew there. Um, what was the atmosphere like um, on on that wonderful uh, on that great hill and the race? No, and, it was, yeah, yeah it was, as I said, like yeah, you had Dutch Corner, the Aussies, and I think everyone was just really gunning for um, whoever it may have been, whether it was Spratty. I think um, Spratty was certainly the ho- the the favourite, even though it was home. It's hometown for Alex, um, but. We were watching the coverage. There was a lot of cheers um, when we were watching the coverage along the hill. Um, and it's just exciting. You hear the helicopter. You see it come through. And, um, look, I'm not going to say it was it was uh, the Vuelta where it was, you know, the line 10 deep, um, but it was lined um, up through the hill. And it was just um, fantastic support and a huge group of riders heading back into the city after the stage. So, um, you know, people are wanting more women's coverage. It is so accessible. It is so accessible, the women's racing and the female riders. And they're putting on a great show and they're just such a good role models and ambassadors for the sport. Um, so, no, it was, a, it was a fantastic vibe. I'm so glad I was out there. And they train and work just as hard as the men. There's no difference. Yeah, and how was um, Alex Manley? I think Amber Pate. Yeah, Alex Alex Manley, Amber Pate. Yeah, I interviewed both those girls today. Look, it was great. They were both great. I asked about the the crit win, which she, you know, she said she was surprised. I said, "Were you the number one option?" She goes, "No, I was like the last option." So it was. She was really honest. It was. It was uh, great to um, have those girls interviewing them. But just saying on the crowds, which you spoke on before, I'm on the 19th floor where I'm staying, and I can see the prologue. It's just behind me, and the crowd was really big early on. It was 10 deep. It's been raining here and it's all dissipated. There's hardly anyone down there. So the rain has scared everyone off. So I guess the riders that went out first in a dry would have had a huge advantage. Well, we can't talk about the prologue for um, um, conditions beyond our control, but we can talk about the men's race, uh, the rest of the race, uh, starting uh, Wednesday at Tanunda in the Barossa Valley. And I actually did a quick loop around the Barossa Valley today. It is beautiful, as beautiful as it's ever been. Uh, a lot of wind, I expect, will uh, pop up uh, for the riders on that loop circuit, uh, Hollywood. Um, it's going to be an interesting start to the tour with all that wind, uh, but uh, the Barossa always always serves up a, a treat. Yeah, well, it'll be just interesting to see what happens tonight in the prologue and where it all falls, where the cards fall, and you get an idea who's got legs early, I guess. Yeah, and I think, um, as you said, Mike, it started raining. I went down and checked out some of the course. Um, so essentially the prologue is running through this, uh, around the city, and a lot of it is on footpath and, and you know, very wide footpath, but bike path. And then it goes on to the road as well. So some of those, um, some of the the sort of what would be considered like a bike footpath um, is it's tiled. So it's going to be really slippery and, and, and it's really that type of rain that's going to cause um, a few issues for the riders. And so it would have been very interesting to know because essentially what happens is the race director could choose when the teams went off, but it was up to the um, the, the DS of each team to choose when the rider um, would leave and so essentially um, you know they would have been looking at the weather they would have been trying to look at um, wind directions uh, the rain but this rain's come in a little bit earlier than expected so it'll be interesting to see whose tactics pays off but um, yeah will it be Rowan Dennis a TT specialist he's actually come out and said he's going for this um, 
or will it be one of our a track rider or, or, or a strong sprinter? It will be interesting. It, you definitely can't win the tour tonight, but you could lose it just because it is going to be a race of seconds. Either way, uh, it's going to be a, a cooler tour down under from Wednesday right through to the finish on Sunday. So that's going to make a huge difference. It's been oppressive heat, Tills and Hollywood. You know, you've been here um, over the last few days and uh, it'll be a refreshing change with the weather. Well, t- today it was uh, 40 degrees. And as you might have saw on my Instagram, I fed uh, a koala some water today out in the road. So it was uh, boiling hot. Then that change came through and it dropped like 15 degrees. It was beautiful. So, yeah, it has been extremely uh, hot here. Tilt, how do you think this men's race will unfold? Any any predictions? Was it too- um, no, I think, uh, I think, I think there's quite a few. It's just that no, yeah, there's, it's, you're going to, I think you're going to be able to throw a, a blanket over the, the top men. Um, hopefully I hope it is a race of sec, um, you know, marginal, uh, seconds. Um, one dark horse I have is Paddy Bevan. I would love to see him do well. He's a Kiwi and, um, I think, uh, he's had a lot of bad luck. He has done well here in the past. He could do well. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking at the likes of Ethan Hader, Rowan Dennis, when he's on and he wants something, you know, he's and he puts his mind to it, he's un, um, unstoppable. But, yeah, it'll just be really interesting, the style of rider who does well here. Is it a sprinter, a strong climber, a TT specialist? Uh, yeah, I think it'll be interesting where it falls. Yeah, it's a five-day race and, um, you know, it's not a, a three-week event. So uh, it's it's a race, really, that opens up uh, for any style of rider. Michael Matthews, I just wonder if he's got the legs to, to, to finish it off on Mount Lofty on Sunday. Is it a tour for him? I think so. Yeah, I think so, definitely. We saw him at the uh, Nationals. He was there right at the end. So he didn't come over here just to... Um, go shopping he's come over here to win he's the number one man Jayco want the points they were down to in the relegation zone they were sort of dangerously low to being relegated they need these early season points it's vitally important for them when I spoke with Jerry at the Tour de France uh, last stage he told me then you'll be sending a strong team to the Nationals and the Tour down under and to watch his space so they here they mean business and how was the ride yesterday? How they all? How are they all? Yeah, they're great. They're, look, as you know, I rode with them yesterday, and they were all good and relaxed. And Bling's their man, and um, they were really looking forward to the race. Anyone outside of Bike Exchange that you are? Uh... Is there other teams? Are there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no. Of course, I saw Michael Shah today. I saw him last night and today from AG2R. He was filmed a video of me to send to uh, GVA because GVA loves me and. I saw him again today, and I no, it's a true story. I'm just, I'm just telling you how it is. I, I saw, spoke to a Simon Clark this afternoon, asked him how he's going to go, and he said it'd be okay if it was a national event, but not against these guys. So, um, yeah, no, and the Michael Shea, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say to Tills, he's not name dropping Tills. He's he's one of the boys. Yeah, I'm just, oh, I'm, uh, and I'm wondering, um, and how about UAE Adam Yates? He's a fan favourite here. Uh, yeah, UAE, they, as I said, they rode past me the other day and yelled out bang, bang. So I just, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, look, honestly, I'm like a kid. I, I bar- It's like a football team. I barrack for Jayco because they're on giant. Then uh, second after that, I barrack for teams that ride Shimano. I'm just, I'm like a, it's like a footy team. And then I like my favourite riders. So it just works like that, Tills. So don't, don't listen to the whole No, exactly. Yeah. But no, I think uh, I think even the riders aren't sure who are going to come away with the win here. You know, um, 
you hear them, you know, I heard, heard George Bennett from UAE talking about they're not, you know, some people are saying it's a course for him. Others are saying, gosh, you know, how's he going to go? He's, you know, he's really a pure climber. But um, yeah, it's, it's even though there's not hugely decisive climbs in this, it's all going to come down to how it's raised. So essentially none of us know what we're talking about and uh, we'll just make it up on the day when we see the results and say, I told you. That's our style. We just make it up as we go along. That's the domestique style, Tills. Hollywood, you know that. I know. When, when, are, we get, when are we getting to my rant too? I've got some rants. <laughs> oh, well, tell us, tell rants. us, quick. Fun. Go ahead. <laughs> no, oh, okay. I'll give you 30 seconds. Go. Oh, come on. Well, I was riding with, again, with Chris from Honan today. Honan, they, the insurance brokers who help power this show. So go please and don't see. Swear. If you've don't got swear, a, please. No, 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 I won't swear. If you've got a business. Mike, go- just so you know, Mike, no child is listening to this podcast, but go Exactly. On. Go yeah. On, if, you, if you've yeah. got uh, need business insurance, go and see Honan. They're great insurance brokers. But, but that wasn't, that doesn't peeve me up. I've been riding around Adelaide and the hills and I'm seeing a lot of people with, I, I know you've got these hippie front handlebars, uh, handlebar bags that I've been going off about. I, I understand them being on gravel bikes. Yeah, look at me. I'm cool. I've got this thing on the front of my bike. But I'm seeing guys riding around on $10,000, $12,000 aero bikes with these ridiculous handlebars, handlebar bags on the front. You're riding a 12 grand aero bike. You've got a handlebar bag on the front. What are you carrying in there? What pos- If you've got sunscreen, put it in your back pocket. Why do you have a handlebar bag when you're riding out around Adelaide? Are you sleeping the night in the hills? Take it off. It also it, it interferes with your steering as well. You've got all this weight in the front end. It interferes with your steering. Just wake up. You don't need it. Hollywood, there are many people at the Tour Down Under who are there for uh, who are there to enjoy a cycling holiday. Um, they're not there to well, You don't need themselves. to pack your kitchen sink in there. You're going on a cycling holiday. You're riding around with mates. All you need is two water bottles and a, and a, a bar in your back pocket. You don't need a tent and all this other rubbish that they carry in the front bag. It makes me sick. You've been speaking to GVA too much. He goes nah. Greg. Oh, um, does he? He just goes around. He just goes around with a bit of bread and soda water, doesn't he? Oh, that, oh. Well, I was speaking to Jez Hunt, and he said, "Why is all these people he's seen on obviously the photos on social media? Why is everyone riding around with front uh, handlebar bags? It affects the steering." I said, "Mate, don't get me started." Anyway, there goes our bag sponsor, but that's fine. Tills has <laughs> Tills, we don't want it. to get a nail it down. Tills has Holly. We got a point, or is he just over the top again? He's just over the top. Oh, him? come on, okay. Tills. Don't that's sell me we, out. That's why, that's, that's why we love him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, we do uh, love you, Hollywood. It's, uh, Thanks, yeah, Michael. it's fine. Um, no, I'm, I think, you know, the women's certainly hasn't been a warm-up event. You know, it is its main – it is an absolutely main show. It's now – we need to take a breath. I'm I'm leaving the tour down under. The main That was the main event for me. Um, mm. I'm going to head up to Brisbane late tonight and um, and I'll follow along from there. And But it's just – I think it's fantastic to have cycling that there's huge crowds here. Um, there's a huge people that I'm huge groups out on the roads at the moment. I know that builds just because of the timing. Uh, a lot of people come in on Thursday and have make a long weekend of it. Um, but yeah, I think we're in for a great few stages reset for the men's races. But I think what really showed the women's is not, it's uh, not a pre-event. It was the event. So, it's not an um, entree. Yeah, I think they can just keep adding more and more to that. Um, and, and, yeah, look forward to seeing how the men's plays out. Hollywood Tills is going to uh, Brisbane. The good news is I'll be in Adelaide, probably in the same room as you. Next time we do a podcast in 24 hours, we'll be gazing into each other's eyes. 
I might oh, have to rip those room. eyes out if wow. uh, I might have to rip those eyes out if oh, if we get wow. to a what peeves me off section. Oh, we're in a sharing a hotel room. We better check what you put in the drink. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's leave it there. Great result for Grace Brown. The women's tour down under comes to a conclusion. Looking forward to the blokes do their stuff uh, from Wednesday through to Sunday. It's going to be awesome. Tills, safe travels, Hollywood. I'm coming for you. And Definitely. everybody listening, thanks See again you, to Black Bye, Sheep. Bye, uh, Matilda. Ah, yes. Thanks to our Black uh, Black Sheep sponsor and also to uh, Honan Insurance Group for making it all happen. It wouldn't be possible if uh, Black Sheep and Honan weren't uh, supporting us. The Domestiques, say it again, the Domestiques will be back very soon. Bye for now. Domestiques.